to the broken ukulele. With us is Terry Fallis. Uh, I've known Terry a long time, and uh, he's one of our Canadian book rock stars, really. Best Laid Plans, Operation Angus. He's won the Stephen Leacock Medal for Humor twice, and actually the most coveted award in Canadian literati, Canada Reads, back in 2011. And that show and that whole series still rocks. And um, we're so excited when you won that in our family. Oh, so thanks, Mark. <laughs> your books, what's coming next? What's coming next? Well, I'm working on number nine right now. Uh, and it uh, probably won't be out until I would say late summer or early fall of 2023. Uh, but it is well down the path in in my in my writing process where I'm mapping it all out and planning it. And uh, I'll probably be writing the manuscript uh, in the next uh, couple of months, I would say. I should be able to get started writing it. And so I, I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, I really enjoy all aspects of the of the whole book writing life. Uh, and I didn't expect that. So I, I like the writing part. I like the promoting part. I like the, uh, you know, the cover design part, <laughs> working with my editor. And it's just been a terrific experience. I'm so glad I actually decided to try to write a novel back when I was just a young pup at 45. Nine books or book number nine. And now this is your first full-time writing book, right? You, you are That's a true. writer. As uh, I, for the first time in my, in my life as a writer, I am a full-time writer where it is the, it is my exclusive focus when I get up in the morning and when I go to bed at night, uh, I have just retired from my, the day job I've had for well, a long, long time working for 39 years. Uh, so it felt like it was okay to, to stop and do something you truly love doing. So can you tell us a little more about this book? Yeah, the new, the new book uh, is, uh, I haven't got a title yet. There's a bunch of working titles, uh, but it is, for the first time, I'm writing a novel where the narrator is actually the same age as I am. Hmm. Uh, I've, I didn't really know that I hadn't been writing narrators my own age. I didn't really notice that. And it's just because I don't, self-identify as somebody who is now 62 years old. I still feel like I did when we worked together first, when I was 34. Uh, so uh, I still feel the same. So I, my narrators have tended to be slightly younger than I am. Uh, so I, this is a novel a little bit about aging. Uh, and there's a bit of male friendship in it. There's something else you will enjoy, Mark, because there's music and songwriting in it. Uh, and Paris. So it's set in Toronto and Paris. Paris. Yes. So I, I, love, I love Paris, and I love that era of Paris, the 1920s, uh, where all the expat writers seem to congregate in Paris, and F. Scott Fitzgerald and Ernest Hemingway and Morley Callahan, uh, all these great uh, writers and cultural artistic luminaries lived and I'm sort of fascinated by that time period so there'll be a little bit of that in sprinkled in this novel as well oh me too what a time 
yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I, I wish I could have been, uh, I mean, it's literally 100 years ago, right about now is when uh, Ernest Hemingway arrived in Paris uh, as a, a 22 year old. I keep thinking it's a parallel time in many ways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here we are with another, God forbid, demigod rising, and Europe is once again under a dark cloud. Yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, and a hundred years ago, it, it was just emerging from the first Great War. Now we seem to be heading back into one. But uh, I, I hope that the rest of Europe will be somewhat isolated from this craziness that's going on. But uh, we, who knows? We just don't know. Well, that is the nice thing about Paris uh, is that, you know, you can go to Paris now and it doesn't look that different from how it looked in 1922. Just the, the very architecture of the city precludes any major changes really i mean they're not going to tear out a whole city block and put a skyscraper in it just that just won't happen in paris uh, so it's one of those cities that has a certain timeless quality to it so uh, i'm a big fan interesting and as toronto is continuing to emerge as another great city give us another 50 years i think we're going to be close to the same level if things keep going yeah, I, I think we've got a lot going for us in Toronto. It is a, a great city, culturally diverse, artistically diverse, a business center. Like it's a, it's got an awful lot going for it. Uh, plus, I, I think it's actually a, a good city too. I mean, the people are good here. Uh, so I, that I agree. Yeah. I agree. <clears throat> so. I keep telling my students who are all in their 20s that you know we've been through this terrible time teaching online through these past two years and i i bring it up all the time you're like those great aunts i met who survived uh the first world war uh, from a canadian perspective of course right. and then their beloved uh, came home often with the spanish flu we had a pandemic then that was severe. And then we went into a depression and then Second World War. And, right. and so you are resilient. I keep telling them you're tougher than you think. Exactly. And actually, I, I truly believe they are. Uh, they're also brilliant. And, um, and so I was on a solo in Algonquin Park in 2017. I think it was 2017. I've been building my camping skills with friends and all our kids for years to get to a solo. And, I, and the whole point of a backpacking solo was to get down to one pack so I could do a canoe, canoe solo, which I still haven't done. And I know you have a connection to Algonquin, right? I, I think you did camp it's, stuff. Or? Yeah, it's not, not Algonquin. It's Tomogamy. connection, right. Even, even but, better. The same idea of yeah. connection with a lake and, uh, and and canoe tripping through it. Uh, yeah, I agree. So I broke my bloody ukulele. You know, it's up there on the wall, a cheap mech one, well, 70 bucks plastic. And right. halfway up a hill, and I lost my mind. I said, <laughs> and then I said, wait a minute, I can go glass half full here or glass half empty. 
Glass half full was I didn't have to learn concert ukulele chords. Ukulele players may know, most know this, that if you go with a baritone, you're, you're still in guitar position chords or else you have to relearn it all. And for older people, it's very difficult. Anyway, so I said, I'm scot-free. <laughs> and then the it just came upon me, write a book about this and glass is half full, be a positivist, but the world is a mess. And what advice would I give my 20 self and what advice would I give my children and my students to help ease this transition? And this is pre-pandemic. Then The Broken Turtle uh, was a, a during-pandemic book. All these lovely kids. Uh, vaxes weren't out yet, so we were all at risk. And um, But it was wonderful being with my kids, Larry's kids, Larry, up in Tom Thompson Lake. And, uh, and so the next one's the broken bicycle. And there was advice thrown in there for 20-somethings. And then the broken bicycle will be with a friend, a backcountry buddy, who's a senior publisher. Um, his name is John. And uh, we're going to bike pack in May, mid-May. So we'll see how far we get. Cool. But uh, we only have to go 10 kilometers in. And... Again, the focus will be on, for me, will be on final advice. We're not quite post-pandemic, but we're more or less into endemic or whatever it is. Right. So how can these 20-somethings seize the day? The world is their oyster. And then John's going to write a book about his reprobate friend, Mark, writing a book. <laughs> and it'll be an interesting experience. And two nights. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah. So what is your advice to 12? Well, <clears throat> yeah. And I have two sons who are still in their 20s, although not for long, one of them. Uh, and I, something that I've learned uh, over the years, and I actually wrote a novel about it. My, let's see, which novel was it? My seventh novel, Albatross. Uh, and it's really a novel about the tension that exists between success and happiness. And the moral of that whole story is that you know, even though you might be really good at something, even though you might be really successful at something, the way you've been successful in your teaching and consulting career, and I had a pretty good career in, in communications consulting as well, we sometimes equate success with happiness, and they aren't really the same thing. And uh, when I wrote my first novel at the age of 45, uh, I, I finally realized, oh, this is what it's like to love what you do. I thought I loved my job, and it turns out I really just liked it a lot. <laughs> uh, what I really loved doing was writing novels. So I've spent, I spent the next 16 years until a couple of weeks ago, the beginning of March, getting to the point where I could devote all of my energy, all of my uh, faculties <laughs> to all of my efforts on something that I love doing. So that, that was a long-term goal. Uh, if, if you want to be a writer, it's not always easy to earn a living at it. So... I, I took me 16 years to get to the point where I could finally 
give up my day job and write full time. But uh, that was a mission that I'd been on for 16 years. So the moral of the story is make sure you know what makes you happy. And if you aren't sure, start finding out, experiment, try some things. Uh, you may stumble upon that which makes you extraordinarily happy, happier than you've ever, ever been before. And then figure out how to integrate that into your life. Maybe it's unrealistic that it can be your profession and your career. There are mortgages that have to be paid and car loans that have to be paid and tuition fees that have to be paid. But if you spend your entire life doing things that keep you away from doing that which makes you happy, uh, my fear is you will be bitter when you are in your declining years because you've missed the whole chance to do what you love to do. So figure out what it is and then figure out how to make it happen. Oh, Terry, that's very sage. <laughs> and well, you, my it's... friend, telling me the stories when you had your first book, Best Laid Plans, and you went up and down Young Street when we had a multitude <laughs> of bookstores on Young Street. Yeah. And you put them in, in stores on consignment. Correct. And, and uh, you know, I had a discussion about you recently with a, another emerging author that I was able to connect with my, my wonderful publisher, David Stover at uh, Rocks Mills Press. And he's really taking the, uh, the, the tail of the dog to promote. And I'm going, I keep creating, and I don't do much promoting. And why did I spend 30 years <laughs> in PR? <laughs> right. But yeah, uh, Exactly. Well, it is part of the, I sort of think of it as when you're, if you're a writer, there are three mountains to climb. You first have to write the novel or write the book, whatever the book is. That's the first uh, peak to, to reach. Uh, the second, you've got to find a way to get it out there, a publisher. And then the third mountain, uh, and the journey's not complete until you have surmounted all of them, is to promote it. Otherwise, uh, if you don't do anything to promote it, uh, all you have going for you is what I call spine marketing, where all you have is the spine of the book that's sitting in some bookstore, if you're lucky, in a bookstore. Uh, and that's all that's promoting your book, all that can grab the reader's attention as they walk by this shelf with hundreds of books on it. So, yeah, doing things to promote it, to set it apart from the other books that are out there is all part of the job. So you can sell enough and have the ability to to sign a new contract to write another one, because it's it's very much a what have you done for me lately kind of a world. <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah. Terry Fallis, thank you for coming on. I I anticipate many more books out of you and and congratulations on making it to the point to do this full time. Oh, thanks, Mark. I have fond memories of our work together many Me years too. ago, and uh, I wish you well with the podcast. Delighted to be on with you. Thank you. This is Terry Fallis. You can find his books everywhere. This is the Broken Ukulele, and thank you for listening.